Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers, rejoining you for a January episode celebrating the new year 2022. That's right. Welcome 2022. Don't disappoint us. Like usual. That's right. I no longer hold out hope for New Year's. Am I getting cynical in my old age? I think that's it. As long as you don't have some sort of weird profity, you know, premonition this New Year's, because we are actually recording this on the 31st. That's right. December. New Year's Eve. When we gather with friends to celebrate the holidays together. And like every late December and January, I have to apologize for my nasal... Ness. Yes, and I have family in the house, so we've got dogs barking, so... That's right. Robert's sniffling, dogs are barking, we just need to burn it down! <laughs> <laughs> and here's hoping that the world just doesn't end on the first. God, is that a possibility? I guess it's always a possibility. Well, there's like a comet coming or something. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay, well, let's get drunk tonight, then. Okay. Well, we have a, a packed episode for you. Lots of comments and questions and voicemails. No official iTunes or Apple podcast reviews, but we did get a message from Eddie over on Instagram who says, hello, I love your show. Just started listening about a month ago. I started with your first and have just heard the Poltergeist episode. You guys are awesome. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you. Does that mean you've listened to like every shooting the flames and everything else or just the deep dives? I wonder how people go back and listen. I know. I mean, when he said he started with the first and made it all the way to Poltergeist and I was like, well, that's quite a feat for a month. We had to like retroactively go back and change our naming conventions for our Shooting the Flames episodes so people could actually maybe identify what we talked about in those mm-hmm. without having to at least go and d- dive into the show notes. You know, so I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of fun things and, and comments and questions and, and hilarity to be had in those Shooting the Flames. But obviously, I think the draw would be our deep dives. I have gone back and listened to a couple Shooting the Flames episodes. But speaking of past Shooting the Flames episodes, we got some comments. Chris, you want to read the first one from our last Shooting the Flames in December? Sure. So Bennett over on Patreon said, oh my God, when you guys announced the Paul Verhoeven month, that'll include showgirls. I finally experienced something close to the orgasms that Robert has been talking about with Brian De Palma. Ecstasy. Ecstasy. (laughs) Sorry. Cannot wait. Uh, We can't either, really. Or maybe I just can't wait. I don't know. I mean, so yeah. And we've even moved it up a little bit. So spoiler alert for the new year, guys. I mean, we have something to look forward to in 2022. We'll be talking about Showgirls, Basic Instinct, and Sliver all in the same month. Oh, my God. And then over in April, I think we're doing Drop Dead Gorgeous Uh along with... Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her, yeah. Yeah, so... Good things happening in 2022 already. Yeah. Kimberly over on Patreon said, I cannot wait for Gremlins. I love both movies so much. I just went to see a Gremlins movie party at the Alamo and it was a blast. Oh, yeah. That sounds like fun. I'm kind of jealous. Actually. Pretend you're a Gremlin in the audience. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait that's, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. We're getting there. From our deep dive into Gremlins, uh, the unknown patron from Patreon said, you forgot the most famous Gremlin, William Shatner's uh, Twilight Zone, uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, where he's the only one who can see the Gremlin on the wings of the aircraft. And I think, like, I thought of this. I just don't think we mentioned it because I felt like it was like a guy in like a fur suit. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's kind of small, but of course that's famous, you know. Yeah, that's a classic. something on the wing. (laughs) Some... Thing. <laughs> well, and it, I mean, I don't know if it seemed small. In my recollection, it seemed big. Yeah. 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 But it's a gremlin. Like alarmingly large. Yeah. Like 
so large that I'm surprised that no one else saw it. Yeah, I don't know. But I guess that's the point, right? Mm-hmm. Kimberly over on Patreon said, I love Gremlins and the sequel. Gremlins came out when I was eight years old and I loved it. That following Halloween, my costume was Gizmo, albeit one of the cheap plastic costumes from the drugstore that you could neither see or breathe out of. I also had a stuffed Gizmo doll and constantly got it wet to see if I could make more Mogwai. God, I remember costumes like that. Like, I remember uh-huh. like the old, like just plastic like tarp like costumes where basically the whole thing was like a choking or like asphyxiation hazard for small children. I mean, like the Care Bear costumes back then, it was just like little holes. The little holes for the eyes and tiny holes for the noses. And today right? they would be terrifying because it'd be like, you know, Night at Freddy's or whatever it is. Oh, Jesus Christ. I remember, oh, God bless the 80s. I remember those <laughs> costumes. Yeah. Nicole over on Patreon said, This came out around my ninth birthday, so I distinctly remember the Burger King tie-ins. There were coloring books and a series of little gremlin and gizmos in the kids' meals. Also, I introducing the kids to these this weekend. Oh, well, we want to know how that went for yeah, sure. For You've been doing that a lot lately, Nicole. Good for you. Yeah. Jesse Kraft over on Instagram said, Oh, so that's where I knew Mrs. Deagle from. Alice. Been trying to figure out for years. Great episode. <laughs> I haven't seen Alice in a long time. Yeah. The Dave Mason over on Insta said, yes. Hashtag don't feed Chris and Robert after midnight. <laughs> Please do actually. Come on. We regularly feed ourselves after midnight. Yeah. Nikki over on Patreon left us a comment since we gave her a shout out during our conversation about some people's ideas about some people's ideas about racism in gremlins. She says, thanks for the shout out on this episode, guys. I was already formulating my response. In my honest opinion, this is a classic example of cultural reference that doesn't age well. I remember watching this movie as a kid thinking the gremlins were so cool and Gizmo was lame when I saw the party scene. They just got hatched and they know how to break dance. Yes, they are awesome. I don't think I noticed the fried chicken, but if black folks are the only people who love fried chicken, question mark, I'm curious to know when this book was written and by whom. I see the points, but this is a classic that I'm not going to let get tarnished. Oh, and a gateway horror episode would be amazing. I need to make sure the oldest has watched them all. Legend, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, Neverending Story, Goonies, and The Secret of Nim were my faves. Oh, well, you know, so say we all, right? I have not thought about the secret of Nim in so long. Yeah. When well, I saw even the last unicorn. And, yes. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how we would do a gateway episode. I mean, could we deep dive or do we just have like a grab bag kind of like conversation? I don't know. Like uh, some of these are a little bit more deep dive worthy. I feel like, uh, for instance, never ending story is like, a, yeah. like an examination of for children on nihilism, you know, and, and things like that, you know, uh, last unicorn, uh, well, there's a lot of deep feeling there and a lot of talk about, I think about as you like aging and, mm-hmm. and things like that. God, there's like a lot of things to talk about in these. Um, maybe Legend and Labyrinth, not as much, but I could be wrong there. I mean, I could totally see them as gateway. Maybe we do a top 10. Yeah. You know, with a little history. Top 10 gateway horror. Yeah. I mean, that'll give us some room to talk about each of them. And then we save some for really good deep dives that could happen. Hell yeah. Yeah. I love it. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Totes. From our deep dive into Gremlins 2, Kimberly from Patreon said, I'm crying laughing and I need to watch this again. Baloney and bean dip roll-ups. Dead. <laughs> Maybe I should make those for tonight. We have to make a store run. Your, f- <laughs> your friends will love your this baloney and bean dip roll-ups at your next party. 
Oh, March. Nicole over on Patreon said, Oh my God, you guys. Hot delivery guy is Raymond Cruz, aka DeStefano from Alien Resurrection. I got curious and hit up IMDb because there was something familiar about him. And Kimberly actually followed up and said Raymond Cruz also played Tuco in Breaking Bad. That's right. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't think we realized when we were talking about the movie because we were laughing so hard about Gremlins 2, but yeah. I know you for sure, he was your hottest guy in Alien Resurrection. Yes. And I think I seconded that. I just can't remember. But apparently Raymond Cruz just does it for us. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) At Ames Mond on Twitter said the production is outstanding. It has brilliant satirical tone and parodies Hollywood cash in sequels beautifully. However, it's the type of follow up that I personally didn't want. I'm hoping Kate wakes. Billy is showering. It was all a dream in part three. I don't want to erase Gremlins, too. I mean, I feel like you could easily follow up Gremlins too with a uh, different story. Yeah. I think it's Gizmo is still around. Exactly. I think it's easy. I mean, and I I get your points. You know what I mean? I'm sure a lot of people didn't want this as the follow up, but I mean, it's an excellent film. Come on. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, So we have some before comments from our flashback on the gate. Mostly these are comments that people put in our poll when they were voting. Uh, Nicole said, given my comment last month, y'all know where I was voting because the fucking dog guys, it was either that or ghoulies. And I went with the most recent trauma, Mm. trauma. Yeah. Trauma. George over on Patreon said the gate gateway horror, kinder trauma, kids home alone. This was on a constant rotation in my house when I was a kid. And uh, guys, the episode, the actual episode for The Gate is dropping today as of this recording. So go over to Patreon and listen to that shit. Yeah, you should have had access to this for a few days Mm -hmm. uh, before this one drops. So we're looking for more comments on The Gate, guys. We have some more comments from our episode on The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Bennett over on Patreon said, Going into this episode, I was wondering if I should even bother watching this. But after hearing a clip of that screeching excuse for a film score, I immediately thought, Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Poor Ennio. Oh. <laughs> we also got a voicemail from Kimberly about our episode on Exorcist 2. Okay, first of all, um, fun fact. I can't, I don't really understand the references to Kokomo. Maybe it's, I'm just not paying enough attention. Again, ADD. But uh, fun fact, I was born in a little redneck shitbird in Indiana called Kokomo. So there you go. Um, the other thing is, well, the thing that scared me about the Exorcist episode was, in fact, the clips, um, because that just takes me right back into the movie. And Linda Blair and the voiceover actress, whose name is escaping me, did an amazing job. And, uh, yeah, the clips and talking about the movie just took me right back to the movie. So good job, guys. Bye. Yeah, so to answer your first question, Kokomo is a Beach Boys song that yeah. came out in like in the late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh it was it was in the movie Cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. Thunder Kokomo. Yeah. So as soon as we heard falling in love to the rhythm of a steel drum band. Way down in Kokomo. Aruba at all. So obviously we were singing that song a lot. Uh, once we heard his name. So um, if you have not heard the song Kokomo, you should go and listen to it for sure. Mm-hmm. And also, I really like the term shitberg. <laughs> I can't believe there's a town called Kokomo. I want to go to Kokomo. <laughs> Will you take me down to Kokomo, no. Indiana? <laughs> we also got a voicemail from Sean about this episode. 
Hey guys, this is Sean from Austin. Uh, I just got finished listening to your Exorcist 2 review, and I kind of disagree. I think it is a flaming pile of shit, but I was so disappointed that you didn't do your who is the hottest guy in this movie. I don't know. Is it Richard Burton? I mean, that seems like the default. What about the young muck? I don't know. Uh, let me know. Can you have a hottest guy when there's no hot guys? <laughs> yeah, Sean. So, um, yeah, 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 Sean. So, uh, that was kind of a deep dive light, right? So we didn't do like all of our main parts to a deep dive episode, but also there's no real hottest guy in Exorcist 2. Like I really can't think of anybody. I mean, would... Richard Burton back in the day. Yeah, of course. I mean, in J- a young James, Jer- a young James Earl Jones is no slouch in the looks department either. But yeah. there was no one that just jumped out at me that I thought, okay, this is the hottest guy. Raymond Cruz was not in this film. That's right. So we need to go back and somehow like make a super edit with Raymond Cruz throughout it. And he would be the hottest guy from The Exorcist too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's the hottest guy for you? I mean, you gave a couple options. Let us know your yeah. choice from our deep dive into Exorcist three. Working our way down, uh, Bennett over on Patreon said, I better post my letterbox review of this film for you guys. And it reads, at a certain point in this moody nightmare, you learn to surrender logic and plot for somber atmosphere, lengthy monologues, jump scares, and the occasional abrupt scene change. And don't forget, ceiling crawling granny. Speaking of monologues, this has got to be the kind of horror flick that Mike Flanagan loves to pleasure himself to in his sleep. <laughs> P.S. In the confessional scene early in the film, does anyone think the old lady voice sounded exactly like the voice of Norman Bates in Psycho? Exactly like her. Yes, it did, actually. I it about really it. did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I ever thought about that before, but you're right. It sounds like Norman Bates' mom. Yeah. Good God. Good call. And we did mention Mike Flanagan a few times, I think, during this because of the monologues, right? And we yeah. like Mike Flanagan kind of keeps it really close to the characterizations versus something like an abstract philosophical conversation or a lot of asides and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, versus this one was a little bit more, I don't want to say masturbatory in that department, but... <laughs> I mean, I would almost say that, but maybe like Mike Flanagan has so much experience like pleasuring himself to monologues that he learns how to like use them more appropriately. Perhaps that's it. Uh, We got another voicemail from Kimberly regarding The Exorcist, and here it is. Hey guys, it's Kimberly. I am alive and well. Um, Pazuzu, I do have my own Pazuzu. Uh, He usually ramps up at dinner time. Um, I will email you a picture of my Pazuzu. Uh, otherwise known as Jack. Um, yeah, so my my horror movie basement, uh, you are welcome uh, here anytime if you want to uh, uh, record uh, a podcast in my basement. Um, it will be nice and dingy and dark for you. Uh, I also have a fully stocked liquor cabinet, so we're, we're good to go there. Um, also... I always find cool horror movie related shit that I want to send to you and you don't have a freaking PO box posted anywhere and I can't, or at least I can't find it. So get on it, please. So I can send you cool gifts. Um, yeah. So that's all. Talk to you later. Bye. So for the first thing, she actually did send us an email. And so we have pics of her one eyed Pazuzu. (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> it's actually a picture of her dog um i guess it has only one eye but it's adorable and uh she says he, he looks cute in the pictures but he can be a pazuzu sometimes 
Well, Kimberly, let us know if we can post the picture of your dogs over on Instagram, and we will do that, because what a cute dog. And secondly, yeah, we haven't gotten a P.O. box, and I think you're the first one to actually want to send us anything. Uh, so we, I guess we do need to get on that. I just need to look into it. One of us needs to go to our local post office and just like open a box. Okay, I don't know how big it needs to be, because you can get multiple sizes. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We will get on that. I like gifts. Yeah. And I really appreciate the thought. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And also, do not threaten me with a full liquor cabinet. Okay, Kimberly, I'll be there in a heartbeat. And then you'll have an empty liquor cabinet. And a gnome in your basement. That's right. I may never leave. From our Flamers flashback into the Exorcist prequels, that is plural, Nikki over on Patreon said, We watched both of these on consecutive days. Since we didn't realize they were the same movie, we thought Dominion started with a flashback. But when the details weren't consistent, we paused the movie to make sure we were watching the right one. (laughs) Glad we did it for the sake of completion, but Dominion didn't improve on the beginning, so definitely didn't need to be made. Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. I mean, there was times when we were watching it, we're like, now what? Which one are we watching again? Yeah. Oh, I'm never going to watch those movies ever again. We got some questions. Uh, we got one from Bennett, and he says, what's the movie you've given the lowest combined score for? I heard it mentioned, but Chris barely made it audible, probably out of embarrassment. Something about the apocalypse? Yeah, and I think anyone could go to our uh, letterbox and kind of see what we've rated lowest, because it's a combined score between me and Robert, right. generally. And I think that would have to be Anna and the Apocalypse. That's right. And we're not embarrassed to say that we don't like that movie. We show that lowest combined score proudly. That this has been asked before. I feel like this is starting to become a running joke because I feel like we answered this question like last shooting or the shooting before. Yeah. And people are just trolling me on, <laughs> on saying Anna and the Apocalypse. I don't know. There have to be other people out there who did not like Anna and the Apocalypse. We cannot be the only two. God, maybe it was just a bad day and we need to redo it. But I just, I can't because I was, I was like just waiting to get out of that theater. I've listened to the soundtrack several times. And No. I mean, some of the songs are okay, but yeah. not enough to, to like watch that fucking trash heap again. God. Okay. Anyway, that's the answer to that question. <laughs> and in the fucking apocalypse. Nicole from Instagram said, okay, sliding into your DMs here to share a movie I found at random, Under the Shadow. Had not heard of it, but it came up on a search and watched it on the Lark because it looked interesting. And it was pretty short, like an hour and a half-ish. So good. Skin crawling, high tension, just really good. Too stressed out, thumbs up, in case you have not already seen it. I've never heard of Under the Shadow. Neither had I. And I looked it up after I saw that DM and added it to my letterboxed. Added it to my letterboxed watch list. Letterboxed. Letterboxed. <laughs> That's pretty much what it's becoming. <laughs> and she's right. It's short. It's like 84 minutes long. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, we should watch it. I mean. Definitely. Stay tuned, Nicole. We'll get back to you. We got a voicemail from Bennett about uh, The Exorcist, I think. Hey, Tired Queens. This is uh, Bennett uh, calling there. I um, heard or uh, listened recently to all your uh, Exorcist episodes, in- including your uh, Patreon bonus about the um, prequels, which I was kind of curious about, but maybe after after listening to that, I thought, eh, maybe I won't waste my time. <laughs> but thanks for giving some insights on that. But related to that, I remember at some point in one of your episodes recently um, wondering uh, if there were any horror movies that have been done before, like where or a situation like those prequels where there were two horror movies done based on the same script and wondering if it had been done before or not. To which I have one word for you guys. Psycho. Ponder on that. Ta-ta. 
I mean, I think that you could say that several movies, like especially with reboots or things like that, like like maybe not a bad, ex- not a good or bad example would be like Silence of the Lambs and the one that came before it, like ten years pre- previous. Uh, Manhunter. Manhunter. Um, yeah, although the, I think those are two different stories. So it'd be like Manhunter and Red Dragon. Maybe, yeah. But I mean, like I'm talking like the same time, same script, two different directors. But I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything about Psycho. Well, I mean, so there was Psycho that was Alfred Hitchcock, and then there was that Psycho that was done by Gus Van Sant. Yeah, but that was 30 or 40 years later. I mean, like you could take any remake. But it was supposed to be a shot-for-shot, same-script remake, right? The thing is, is that like with the Exorcist prequels, Bennett, I mean, it's it's two different movies, the same basic script and premise, right? At the same time. Yeah, shot at the same time. Like Psycho, I consider Psycho to be a remake and not like just trying to create the same movie or like, like Hitchcock was never scrapped and they went to another director, you know, like this, this, these exorcist prequels are singular in Uh, movie history. I I thought he was talking about more like something that happened around the same time, like peeping calm or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean like, and we could sit here and talk all day long about the differences between the two psychos. Like one is very, very good. And one, in my opinion is very, very bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, Sometimes I choose not to think about that second psycho. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have any new patrons this month, and we'd like to have some new ones. So head over to patreon.com slash the film flamers and join the family over there and get all of our bonus content. And we'll say your name on the next shooting the flames. But we have to shout out our patrons at the film flamer tier or higher like we do every shooting the flames. And I want to start with Nikki because she just actually upped her tier. Uh, to the film flamer dear actually mm-hmm. and uh, she has been a longtime listener and obviously we've actually had her on the podcast and we actually think of her often as far as like what her take is especially given her expertise and her experience you know uh, i believe not only her but people in her family you know are into like social studies like that you mm-hmm. know and so i think it's really interesting to get her take on on things so i'm really really happy that she is so invested with us because we are invested in her. Thank you, Nikki. Yes. Thank you so much, Nikki. We really appreciate like you've been listening to us. I mean, almost since like day one, it feels like. So thank you for upping your pledge. But we have some other patrons at that tier and they are Ben, Dr. Joe, Kimberly, Lisa, and Penelope, but especially Dr. Joe. <laughs> I don't know. I got to start picking someone at random. I know. But especially Ben. <laughs> Horror news. It's not a lot of news again this month, but something happened in December that really struck the foam flamers in quite a way, especially Chris. Yep. And that is the fact that Anne Rice has passed away at the age of 80. That's right. We have talked about Anne Rice many, many times across several episodes on the Film Flamers, including our deep dive into Interview with the Vampire. And I'm hoping someday we'll have an, you know, some sort of deep dive or episode on the eventual chronicles of the vampires that come out um, that her son is involved with. And obviously they've been writing books, some books together, and I'm sure he'll finish whatever they were working on. And, and he's obviously a respected and award-winning author in his own right, Christopher Rice, uh, as well as being one of our most important gays. That's right. Oh my God. Protect him at all costs. 
yeah. So, I mean, I was actually at Chris's house, um, the night before she passed and he told me in the morning and I mean, it did really hit us hard. In fact, we got some DMS from listeners asking if we were okay, you know, after hearing the news. And I mean, like Chris especially has always had a fondness for Anne Rice. I think he's even corresponded with her. Oh yeah. Multiple times back when she was answering emails from a fan emails, she would get to all of them. Eventually she would like committed to that. She had to pull away from that eventually, um, you know, just due to cut time constraints and everything else. But I mean, she was a very, very popular writer and this was in the early thousands when I was, and she answered multiple emails from me. Um, you know, I think I sent her one about Memnock the devil, uh, which is my favorite book by hers. And it's like the most abstract and fantastical and, you know, they go to hell literally. And, and it's really interesting, but um, she's done a lot of interesting works out, even outside of the, the vampire chronicles. And um, you know, if anyone has never read her works, you know, you can start with the vampire chronicles. Um, there's probably lists of, you know, which ones to read in what order, you know, and, you know, skip some of the lighter ones if you just want to get through it quickly. I don't know. Um, I really love like the, the first three interview of the vampire, vampire Lestat and queen of the damned, uh, tale of the body thief. I have weird thoughts on, but I, here I am getting into like a <laughs> deep dive and rice, you know, but, um, you know, it's worth it because she's, she's contributed so much to the genre and the subgenre of vampirism, um, the romanticism of vampires, certainly, um, that has spawned many, many different things. So in pop culture, and, uh, we are very sad to see her pass. That's right. She, like Chris said, was a legend in the horror community and will be, missed and we just have to say that if you have not you know experienced any sort of Anne Rice material go watch a movie go read a book do what you can support her and just remember her as we have more things to come from Anne Rice creations and also there's going to be a, a big like funeral for her in the new year sometime in New and, Orleans in New Orleans and it's going to be like one of her old old school like vampire masquerades and, and stuff like that so it'll be interesting to see i wish i could make a pilgrimage yeah we totally should make a pilgrimage well if we do end up in new orleans we need to pay a visit to her grave for sure mm-hmm. yeah coming soon First up, we got a trailer for, well, really a teaser, I guess, for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot, remake, whatever it is. I don't know. We'll see. But it comes out in February on Netflix. So what I've heard is that this is a retconned sequel, like, which is all the rage these days. So I think they're picking up right after the events of the very first Texas Chainsaw Massacre and dismissing all the sequels that have come after it. So... We'll have to wait and see. I mean, like, just based on the teaser, it looks like they've ramped up the violence a little bit, you know, totally changing some of the aspects of the original. But uh, time will tell. And I thought that this was coming out much later in Netflix, but I guess we'll be getting it pretty soon in the new year. Yeah, and the teaser to me isn't really anything special. I mean, it's just like, you know, the vignettes of the trailers that we've always gotten for Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, which is like that picture sound and like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And just a little like I think they they may show like a little peek at his mask at the end or something. And- yeah, a couple of listeners sent us uh, the trailer link in some DMs or online, like added us, and um, you know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like when they make Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies these days, they don't do anything different. And I mean, they're going to have to do something different in order to really capture my attention to make it better than what I've already seen. So yeah, yeah. 
Next up, we have a trailer from Robert Eggers, one of our favorite more recent horror directors, and it is The Northman. Yeah, this is the director that did The Witch and The Lighthouse. Yeah. And so I like The Witch, obviously, a lot better than I did The Lighthouse, but The Lighthouse is like a showcase of like photography and acting. Oh, yeah. And William Defoe actually comes back uh, for this one, as well as Cow Eyes. That's right. Cow Eyes is back in The Northman. I love to see Cow Eyes everywhere. So he's building his own little acting troupe, and I love that. I, I do, too. I love it when directors like to work with the same actors. You know, and obviously... Obviously, the actors like to work with them, too. They get some of their best work in there, right? So this trailer looks different than a normal Eggers movie, as it seems like an action film. It looks like an action journey film yeah. with elements of fantasy, but through the lens of horror, because that's Robert Eggers, you know? So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be interesting to see, because he is kind of almost his own genre at this point. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's a very singular director. But what a fucking cast. Oh, I yeah. mean, my God, Nicole Kidman, Bjork. <laughs> She looks freaky in this trailer, too. Well, she looks freaky in real life, really. But come on. I mean, she does look <laughs> She just showed up. <laughs> I know. She just showed up. They're like, just cast her. I mean, she, we don't even need wardrobe. God. <laughs> but, I mean, the highlight, really, is a super fucking, like, beefed up, hunky Skarsgård. Oh, yeah. Running around with sure. no clothes on. Guess catching the guy is. arrows in his fucking hand and shit. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to that one a lot. Yeah, me too. I really want to watch this movie. It's going to be great. But probably hands down best trailer that's come out in a while, I want to say, is Everything Everywhere All at Once, starring Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know this movie existed until you sent me the trailer. And uh, it's such a fun trailer. It looks like a really enjoyable movie. I love Michelle Yeoh. Jamie Lee Curtis just looks fucking ridiculous. They do some like horror like motif in the music during the trailer a little bit, especially in that first like third of the trailer. And of course, Jamie Lee Curtis is horror, you know, royalty. Of course. You know, and Michelle Yeoh is no slouch. Obviously, we've done a deep dive with her in it at least once uh, for Sunshine. That's right. And um, I feel like it's almost going to be like, um, what is that Jim Carrey movie? Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind type Never of situation. Um, it's really good. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how horror adjacent this is going to be, but it feels like there's potential there. Uh, not that that's going to limit my enjoyment of it, but it just looks like a really fucking good trailer. So you guys should watch it. Yeah. I mean, the trailer is excellent. And as always, Chris will link all these trailers in the show notes. So go and watch it if you have it. We're counting down the days till we can see it in the theater. It looks like it's going to be a hell of a fun ride. And it looks like a really just good, well-made movie. Yeah. So I'm totally here for it. Everything, everywhere, all at once. What an interesting title. I'm going to put that on my business card. (laughs) Well, I think that just about wraps up the first Shooting the Flames for 2022. And as always, we want to know what you think about all of our episodes or this one, any of the trailers or news items we talked about. You can find us on social media at The Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or you can call us at 972 Six 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 seven seven three three. My Norseman is standing by. Oh, call me Skarsgård. Call us, and we'll be your everything, everywhere, all at once. (laughs) (laughs) We'll certainly do my best. Guys, we have a lot more content coming out for you in 2022, as we've already alluded to. Man, our entire year has been planned out, it's on the docket, ready to go. Right. And first up is uh, Annihilation and Black Swan. That's Not necessarily right. in that order. 
<laughs> That's right. We are really taking this new year, new you into a conversation about horror adjacent transformations with Natalie Portman. Yeah. Let her guide us on our journey towards transformation. As everyone should. And enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, I think it's time to go off and start celebrating our new year with uh, some of Kimberly's liquor cabinet. You want to go? Well, hell yeah. Kimberly, we're on our way, and we'll all have some sweet dreams. dreams.